And if you're out there pioneering, doing something that's entirely new, that no one has ever done, and you know you feel very alone trying to do this new thing, kind of keep in mind that if you actually are pioneering, that there's probably a lot of people that might want to help you pioneer that. You know, there's a lot of people behind you who'd be like, okay, well, you know, if, if you're trying to do this, I, I think that's really cool. So let me help you do it. You know, there's, there's this kind of perspective, I think sometimes that we're alone. I know this, I fall victim to this. I, I kind of get in this trap a lot where I think it's all got to be up to me all the time and no one cares enough to help. And it's just not true. <laughs> it's just so not true. This is Way of the Artist with Brandon Colby-Cook and Evan Schulte. Identifying your blocks and demystifying your struggles so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art. In the wise words of Uncle Iroh, from the classic animated series Avatar The Last Airbender. When you look for the light, you will often find it. If you look for the dark, it is all you will ever see. Normally, I don't prep these things too much, but, you know, we were having our pre-conversation, Brandon, about what we were going to talk about today, and that that struck in there into, into my mind. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to save it. I'm going to open up the podcast with that one. Because I think it has a lot to do with uh, with what I think we're we're launching into today, uh, and uh, perspectives for leading a creative life, uh, and I guess to expand on that a little bit, you know, examining maybe what are healthy perspectives, what are healthier perspectives for us to. Um, you know, to, to take around with us, um, in our lives that, that can potentially facilitate, um, greater creativity and by extension, greater creativity, greater, uh, joyfulness, well-being, lots of, of good stuff. You know, I, I kind of associate a creative life with a joyful life. So, uh, I'm excited to get into this conversation. Brandon, what do you got to say to start things off? I like the way you started it, Evan. I thought it was a nice touch. Well done. I would say that something that I kind of would like to get into that's kind of relevant for me is how we're kind of blind to our perspective to some degree, that we assume that maybe the way we see the world or the way we see things is actually accurate or true or real or the, mm. the right way, or maybe the only way. Uh, I know that for myself, that's something that I've caught myself in a little bit. And I find it interesting because it takes a lot of honesty and sometimes humility to challenge these things. I do think, and I could be wrong, but I do think most people generally would accept that thinking positively, being more optimistic, looking for the light is a good thing. And being too pessimistic and looking too dark is generally not the best way to go, but I think we have roundabout ways of tricking ourselves into doing the opposite of what we know or think to be best. For example, I think sometimes people go, well, that's not realistic as an example. And it's like, 
well, that's to assume that your perspective is realistic, which it might not be. <laughs> yeah. But people, this is my point, is that people assume that they know what's realistic. And it's like, well, actually, you might not. And that might mean resetting a lot of how you actually look at the world. Yeah. Sorry I'm to say on that, but yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, like, it's, there's something that I've been, I've been saying to people for, for years, um, which is there, just because it was an observation I made uh, a while back, which is uh, there's a lot of pessimists out there masquerading as realists. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I find that there's a lot of people who identify as being realists. I'm, I'm just being a realist. And it's just like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you are it, being a realist. It's a justification for playing it safe a lot of the time. Mm. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off, but it was just, it was, Oh, you didn't, it was funny. But. It's all good. I mean, you know, the the I'm working this out for myself because I recently caught myself in a bit of a, you know, in a bit of a perceptual rut, if you want to call it that. Me, me too. And I think that that's, you know, this is a timely conversation because, I mean, shit, here we are. It's like we're almost two years into this fucking insanity of, of, the globe over the last <laughs> while and it's you know i think everyone is exhausted everyone's tired everyone's fatigued um you know people are are just barely hanging on uh in in different areas of their of their life and and yeah and i i'm definitely there's a lot of very current currently rel, uh, relative relative not relative relevant relevant there we go thank you brandon <laughs> thanks for the save on that one but yeah, there's 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 a lot of that there for me as well right now. And uh, before we we move on, uh, I also wanted to to say something else. It reminded me in what you were saying of something uh, that Dan Millman uh, said, which is we don't see the world as it is; we see the world as we are. Yes. Uh, and so that's I think that uh, we've got some good stuff here that we've sort of colored this conversation with already at this point and and we can dive into the the meat and potatoes of of this of this whole thing so i don't know do want to do we want to share some some personal stuff kind of like how, what what led into this conversation or no i mean i can I'll, i can share share my thing i suppose okay. yeah i mean sure let's do it um, share away yeah, and and so my something I I just became aware of in the in the last couple of days is that you know I've my focus uh, has been too much on the negative side of humanity in the last while, and it's really easy to for that to happen. I mean, we're just we're inundated with stuff, whether it's on. Uh, the news or in social media, like we're just being hit with very extreme perspectives uh, a lot of the time. And uh, that's a whole issue in and of itself to for people much smarter than than us to get into, Brandon. But we know it's happening. It's not a secret. But, you know, we're exposed to so much of this. It be can become so easy to just see nothing but the negative to see nothing but the dark not that it's not there uh there are people who are you know very sad right now very angry right now very 
hateful even um and and people who are you know struggling with with depression i think that probably a good chunk of 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 most people over these last couple of years have probably experienced some level of depression uh you know comes and goes that sort of thing and realizing that you know my mind was going to it was focusing a lot on that like oh my god people are just people are just having you know like there's so there's so much sadness there's so much anger there's so much of all of it and it can be so uh overwhelming and it's such an incredible weight to carry and it's important that we're not blind to these things because when we have a relationship and an experience with those those emotions and and those things it it allows us to be more human and more compassionate. But I was losing, I realized, this sense of like, well, look for the beauty in people, look for the passion in people, look for the creativity and and the, you know, there's there's so there's all of that going on in too, you know, like look at that spark that exists within every single human being, you know, like that that's all there and you're just not looking at it. Uh, and looking at that, I think that it's not it's not a, a situation where it's like, well, you either do this or you do that. You know, it, it's not about being blind to 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 either one of, of these things, but it's like, where are we trying to ultimately direct ourselves towards? What is ultimately the place that we want to go to? Because you know, it's like one of those things, what you focus on is usually where, is usually where you end up landing, right? Like it's, um, you know, when you're driving a car, you know, when you're learning to drive a car, they tell you, it's just like, look, you know, you're, when you're going around a corner, you're looking at where you want to go. You know, like that's how you, how you do a nice smooth turn is by looking at where you're trying to get to. Uh, they say the same thing with like, um, you know, a lot of skiers, like alpine skiers and stuff, when you're going through a wooded area, you don't focus on the trees. You focus on the path between the trees. Because if you start looking at the trees thinking, I've got to not hit the trees, you're probably going to hit a fucking tree. <laughs> yeah. So like you, the great alpine skiers, they, they train themselves to focus on the path in between, on the open space. And that's how you navigate through there. And it's, it's, I think that there's a lot that, that we can take from that in how we look at our own lives and the things that we're, the places that we're trying to go to in our lives. Do we want to focus on the trees and sure enough, smash into one? Or do we want to focus on the path in between, you know, that, that, and, and that path is where there's movement. That path is where there's, um, excitement. That path is where there's, um, yeah, there's, there's just, it's clearly what you would rather do. So yeah, I don't know. Take it away, Brandon. That's, I love my, the analogy. that's my spiel. I love it. I, I, I used to do downhill mountain biking and it's a lot like that. You know, um, you are, you're focused on the path and you're focused on where you're going and you're focused on, um, you know, and you, you are, you're surrounded by trees and cliff edges and rocks and all sorts of weird stuff. And you're moving through it pretty quick through pretty rugged terrain a lot of the time. And, you know, if you're really pushing, you're going at pretty high speeds and 
You know, it's it's interesting. Actually, I'll share a story because maybe maybe it's kind of relevant. But I remember this one morning I went to do my downhill mountain biking and I was about 16, I think 16, 17, maybe around that age. And, uh, maybe I mean, I might have been 15. I don't know. It's hard to remember. doesn't matter. Irrelevant point. Anyway, <laughs> I'm just recapturing this. So it was pouring rain and I used to love doing mountain downhill mountain biking in the pouring rain. I loved the mud and the muck and this, you know, and I had my gear and I just, I love just getting gritty and getting into it. And I was getting pretty experienced at this point. So I was pretty good on my bike and I'm coming down this pretty steep hill, which is like a bunch of S turns and, but it's very steep and I was going quite quickly. And as I came around um, the second to last big S turn, there's like, um, you kind of come out of the bush and then there's a cliff edge, which drops probably about 20 feet down to the next part of the path where it swings around 20 feet lower. So that's, you're, you're dropping like, you know, maybe 40 feet per, you know, just to give you an idea of how quickly I'm going down a mountain. Right. Anyway, I come around this S turn and I squeeze my brakes and nothing. I'm like, my brakes are gone. Holy shit. And I'm about to go towards a cliff edge. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm going to die. Right. Like that's the first thing you're thinking. Cause you're like, if I go off this edge, it's not going to be good. Right. So, uh, and I, I kid you not, it, 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 it was like out of a movie. Um, I just fell on my side. Like as I was turning the corner, I just leaned down on my hip and I slid sideways, um, you know, with my bike on my side through the mud and the dirt towards this cliff. And I remember in that moment, like everything just slowed down. And there was this part of me that was like, looking like, I'm going to go over this edge. I'm going to go over this edge. And then in that moment, I was just like, I'm not going over this edge. And I just looked at the ground that I needed to grab and the, and the friction I needed to create. And sure enough, I slid right to the edge of it. And my bike was like pretty much hanging over and I stopped just before it. And I was like, wow, that was close. And it was an interesting moment because you can kind of decide in life, you know, you, you, you know, you might be beyond the point of being able to control what's going to happen. But when I lost control and I was out of control, it looked horrible. And I think you have to make that decision. Am I going to give in to the inertia of the bad thing? Or am I going to resist the bad thing and, you know, and put my attention or focus on something else? And I find it kind of an interesting thing. You pointed out how there's, there's all these trees, there's all these obstacles, there's all these things that could go wrong all around you. But when you put your attention on doing something like downhill mountain biking, you literally focus only on the path. You don't focus on hitting a tree or a rock or going off a cliff. Like when those things start to, to, to happen, if you slide out of control or something happens, it's constantly about readjusting back to the opening. And I think that there's something to do with this conversation we're having where, you know, realistically, you're more likely to hit a tree or go off a cliff because there's more of them around than there is path, realistically. But it's not realistic because if your focus is on the path, it's actually more realistic that you'll stay on the smaller part, which is actually less realistic 
statistically, there's less path than there is trees and obstacles and ways to go awry, right? So mm -hmm. it kind of begs the question, is it realistic or is it just that you're focused on what there is more of or that then, then, and does that matter? Like is more actually what reality is or is the purpose and the point and the direction and the path that you're on, is that actually more reality depending on how you look at it? So, you know, if, if some people see an opening and they see themselves going through that opening, even though the percentage of making that opening is more rare or, or lower, it doesn't mean that it's any less realistic if that's where they put their attention, their focus, and that's where their perspective is, you know, where it's kind of garnered, right? So, yeah, yeah. I think kind of an interesting analogy you brought up because it really does relate to like, you know, how, how you're dealing with the obstacles of life. Yeah, and and it is interesting because there's a, a it's a funny thing that you bring up as you said because if you continuing with the the metaphor of of downhill mountain biking, yeah, there's as you're saying there's more there's more tree than there is path. There's more dense unnavigatable stuff than there is path, but if your focus is on the path that exists in front of you, you know, and when you're doing it, like, you know, maybe you've ridden a trail before a few times, but you're still, you, you're, you're, you have to confront really just the next few seconds. You know, like that's all you've got to do is just navigate the next few seconds and you'll make it through. Yes. You know, you're make, you, you make your way through and those trees never become an issue. Yes. When your focus is on the path. But I think that, yeah, th this is. It's interesting that this this whole thing has has kind of come out this way, um, but in terms of this this conversation, you know, we're talking about perspectives, and I think that this has created a nice uh, sort of path for us here to to get into really what we're um, at the crux of this whole situation, this this conversation, which is you know how we are um, looking at at things and how that that can facilitate greater creativity in our lives um and you know if we if we're looking at if we're looking out at our world and it's nothing but um failures and dangers and and um you know and and a hostile environment that we're looking at, you know, like we'll probably for one, we'll find it right. You know, or that's the way our minds work. We, we will, we will find it somehow. We'll look for it uh, on some level and we will be proven right. The issue with that is that it doesn't serve creativity in any way whatsoever. Creativity does not, does not thrive, let alone, I don't know if it even really functions um, when you're in such a, in such a negative state, it's very hard for creativity to thrive. Um, when that's your focus, which I think is one of the beautiful things about art, because art very often communicates, uh, negative things, it, it, it very disturbing things, upsetting things, but the, the art itself is, is a way of, of, of bringing light to something it's a way of 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 i don't know sometimes removing some of the power of it 
um, I, can, I mean, I don't know. It's for it, it's up to every artist and and that can how they express that. But it's an interesting relationship. How um, eventually that has to be transformed into something into something creative. Eventually that that darkness. Um, in many ways, it's what art is doing is it's it's bringing it's holding that darkness up to the light, right? For it to be looked at, for it to be dispelled, for for us to maybe somehow take the take some of the sting or the power out of out of some um, painful situation. Uh, but we need to put our focus on like perspectives that actually help us as opposed to, you know, working against us. I know I'm saying like a, I'm, I'm realizing I'm like, oh, I'm bringing up a lot of quotes in, um, in this one, but, uh, uh, the, uh, sad guru, uh, Hindu guru who's out there in the world today, um, li a living guru folks. <laughs> um, uh, I saw a talk that he gave at one point in time where he was basically, he was, you know, he was, Maybe you could argue he's generalizing, but I thought it was it's it was fairly accurate. Um, but he was talking about um, basically mental disorder in in the terms of like um, you know depression and um, and that sort of thing and 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 anxiety like the, the the sort of the multitude of all of that stuff. And he was saying like at the core of it is you are using your intelligence against yourself. Mm. You're using your intelligence against yourself. And instead of using your intelligence to work for you. And I think that that's, uh, that's a component of, of what we're talking about here in terms of, you know, like focusing on the path instead of the, the trees, focusing on the way through instead of the obstacles that may or may not present themselves. Right. I, there's, there's, there's this whole idea of if you don't know that something's possible, that something could go wrong, you don't think about it. It's not in your perspective. So in some ways, you know, you can be a little bit too smart for your own good in a way where you're like, you're aware of all the things that could go wrong. And because of that, you put your attention on what could go wrong as opposed to all the ways things could go right, you know, things could work out. And I think when I lack confidence or when a person lacks confidence, they're, they're tending to put their attention and their focus onto things as to like, what could go wrong? You know, it's, it's very much about protection. It's very much about safety. And in a way, I think people stay small because it's safer. You know, because when they think about being bigger, when they think about being bold and going out there and doing the thing and going for it, they think about what could go wrong and that's just too much of a risk. And so then they just don't. And they they fail to put their attention on what could go right. And they don't put enough tension on attention on what could go right. And that's part of the issue. You know, if we go back to the analogy again of this path that you're on, and that there's more unnavigatable terrain and more trees and more obstacles in the way. It's like, well, I could hit that tree. I could hit that tree. I could go off that cliff. I could stumble here. I could trip there, you know? And if yes, all of those things could happen, but 
you need to kind of continually redirect your mind to I'm doing this and this is what I'm trying to do, you know, and something that I, I think is really important is not just getting your attention onto the point, onto the purpose, onto the way that you're going, but is recognizing that as much as it feels like we're all alone on our path, we also, we aren't, I mean, in a lot of ways, people are out there and they're going to be ready to help you. If you, if you opened yourself up to that, you would find out that people are there. And I think about the path that I was going down, even on that bike story that I told you about, you know, someone helped me do that because someone already carved out that path. So, you know, if you think about it, there's things that people have already done for you in this life. And they've maybe even lived lifetimes ahead of you and they've already carved out a path for you. So they already are helping you, showing you the way. And if you focused on the fact that, well, has anyone ever done this before? Okay, they did it. How did they do it? Let me model them. And maybe that's not going to take you all the way, but it'll take you some of the way. You know, it, at least it makes it a little bit easier. And if you're out there pioneering, doing something that's entirely new, that no one has ever done, and, you know, you feel very alone trying to do this new thing, kind of keep in mind that if you actually are pioneering, that there's probably a lot of people that might want to help you pioneer that. You know, there's a lot of people behind you who'd be like, okay, well, you know, if, if you're trying to do this, I, I think that's really cool. So let me help you do it. You know, there's, there's this kind of perspective, I think, sometimes that we're alone. I know this, I fall victim to this. I, I kind of get in this trap a lot where I think it's all got to be up to me all the time and no one cares enough to help. And it's just not true. <laughs> it's just so not true because every time I reach out and ask for help or I just tell someone my struggle, I'm always amazed at how many people are like, ah, oh, you know, well, I can help you here. Or what about this? Or some advice or some ideas. And maybe their advice or ideas are not always an option, but it's like, Hey, you're trying, you know what I mean? And so uh, something that I've been trying to encourage myself, particularly of late, is to share more, share what I'm up to, share what I'm going through. And um, I do think it's important not to share with people who are destructive. You know, they're, 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 they have like a dark heart right now. And I say right now, because sometimes I think people are in dark places and they don't know how to help or whatever. But mm -hmm. I think you, you do need to kind of maybe choose who you share some stuff with, but I do yeah. think it's good to open yourself up to like, you know, look for help and assistance and all that other stuff too, with whatever you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, and I'm glad you, you brought the, that equation into it because I think that's a, a huge part of this conversation in terms of, you know, creativity uh, thrives in a supportive environment creativity thrives in a supportive uh community and so many of us love to you know we've all i think been bamboozled into this idea of the of the person who's completely you know independent and and you know doesn't depend on on anyone but that person like that person rarely exists. There are very few people who are actually like that. Um, most of us in in today's day and age and, and for most of time 
we rely on one another heavily. Um, but we're all acting like, uh, you know, we don't need anybody or acting like we should act like we don't need anybody. You know, it's uh, a lot of layers to, the, to that thing, but it's, it's nonsense. It's a lonely, it's a lonely existence, um, to do that. Uh, it's a lonely path to walk. That isn't even necessarily, uh, that, that isn't even necessary. Um, I think that we forget that most people want to help, you know, genuinely want to, to help. I think of, you know, just, just think of, of, of someone in your community today, if they came up to you and they just, and that, you know, a neighbor, a coworker, uh, you know, a somebody, and they just said like, Hey, can you like, can you help me? Right. Most of us have an inclination of like, yeah, what is it? You know, like it's, it's like most of us have that instinctual thing of, of just being like, like, yeah, how, what, what, how can I help? You know, like, how can I be useful? I think that it speaks to this part of us because being able to genuinely help somebody, you know, to, to genuinely serve somebody speaks to a part of us that I think that we, we don't often get, get that anymore. Like so much of, of the work that we do in our world now <laughs> is increase becomes, is, has become so increasingly meaningless and, and banal. Um, and when someone comes along and says, can you do something and can you help in a way that's meaningful, you know, which is really what's, what's going on. And it's just like, holy shit. Yeah. I would relish the chance to actually feel like I've, I'm, I'm of some use to somebody because mm-hmm. there's this there, it gives us some, it gives us a sense of purpose. It gives us a sense of, of having some kind of an effect that goes beyond just us, you know, and, and, and the, the, the eye that we're, we're constantly dealing with. Right. So I think that we, I think that we overlook and undervalue that to such a large degree. I think that we've forgotten to such a large degree that this is within us. And that's again, part of the way that we look at things, you know, it's just like, Oh no, people expect you to handle your own shit not bother anybody with your stuff and blah, blah. You know, some people are kind of like that, but those are usually pretty crusty fuckers. And, you know, <laughs> I, I, I don't think that that's necessarily the, the majority of, of people, um, you know, but it, it's, I think most people are, are, are happy for the chance to, to help. And so that's just another way in which, which this whole thing works, which is, are you looking at a world that is saying like, figure your own shit out and don't bother me or a world that's out there that says like, what are you doing and how can I help? Yeah. Is there some way that I can be a part of something? People love to be a part of something, (laughs) you know, like especially creatively when there's someone with a passion, holy shit. When somebody's got passion, like, People with passion get people on board for stuff so often because we just, we just want it, you know, we just want to be a part of something that, that, that's meaningful in some way, you know, like we, we, 
we yearn for it, we thirst for it as human beings. Hey, it's Evan with a quick public service announcement. If you're enjoying the conversation you're hearing and finding it helpful, then please help us and take a second to subscribe to the podcast. And we can all be people helping other people. And that's awesome. Now back to the show. Yeah. You're spot on, man. Yeah, you're spot on. And it's funny because I think that sometimes we convince ourselves that everything's kind of tit for tat, you know, kind of like, um, what do I do for you before you do something for me? And I, I think that there's this kind of actually this idea that you need to already have proven your value to someone before they'll ever help you out kind of thing. And it's just not true. I mean, a lot of helping someone out is what proves your value. And it's not even about improve, improving your value to them. It's simply because you actually take a certain amount of pride at being good at something. Like if you can help someone with a skill you have, it actually feels good to do your skill. Uh, for example, Gabriel Napora, who is a good, very good friend of mine. And also he's been on the show. Um, you know, he'll message me like regularly and he'll be like asking me questions. I'm really good researcher. It's something I've learned through my life that I've just, I'm really good at research. I'm really good at investigating things and learning. Um, I love, I have just this like great thirst for knowledge. And if someone asks me a question, even about something that I'm not interested in, but if I, but if I have some interest in what they're asking me, I'll go look it up and I'll go figure it out and I'll learn all the ins and outs about it. And um, you know, one of the, like, he helps me so much, but one of the ways he knows I can always help him is he'll just be like, Hey, um, he, the other day he was like, you know, I want to get a 3d printer. You know anything about them? I'm like, Nope, but I will. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I did a whole bunch of research on 3d printing. And I, I, I tell you, I've learned a ton. It's a fascinating little area of study. Um, and then I, you know, I was able to explain to him a bunch of stuff and kind of point him in the right direction. And that felt really good for me. Plus it really helped him out. And, you know, it's interesting because, you know, you're banking, it, I'm not trying to, but it's funny because when you help someone out, you're banking all of this great, like value with them because you become this kind of resource. And when you become a resource to people, they tend to want to help you. They tend to want to nurture that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, it's not always black and white. I think there are people out there who are users and abusers and people yeah. who take advantage and all of this. Right. But, you, you know, if you're thinking about giving and sharing your value is don't focus on the users and abusers, focus on the people that are grateful, focus on the people that are appreciative, focus on the, the people out there who could really get something out of something you have to offer. And, you know, I, as I say this to you and our audience, I'm reminded of myself, you know, it's like, put your attention on the type of people you want to bring into your life. And when you come across the type of people you don't want to be bringing into your life, then move away from them or, you know, kindly step away, you know, mm -hmm. and, and find the, the types of people that you want in your life. And it's a lot about attention and focus and perspective, because I'm, I'm beginning to become more clear as this conversation goes on. It's all out there. It's just a matter of, are you able to identify and pick out what you want from what you don't want? And is your attention on things you don't want? And is that why you keep finding what you don't want in the world? And 
being kind of oblivious or ignoring what you do want. Because I actually am reminded it is all there. The problem is, is that we have not honed our perspective and focus and attention in the right way to be able to pick out what we actually want. I think that's part of the issue here. Yeah. And, and choice is so big in this, you know, like how we choose. And sometimes that, that requires going up against some pretty well-established patterns, you know, got to watch those patterns. <laughs> uh, inside joke there. Thanks, Bo. We appreciate you wherever you are. Um, but, you, you know, sometimes we're coming up against and we have to be very active in how we are are doing this. But, you know, behind it is this is a reminder of just like, well, but what is the world that you want to live in? What is the world? What is the type of world that you want to live in? Um, and and then choosing, right. OK, I normally see things this way. And, you know, some people, you know, they have they work with stuff like affirmations, things like that. It's just like, OK, when you catch yourself having this thought, when you catch yourself, you know, falling into this perception, you know, acknowledge it and then correct it with something else, you know, like like mindfully say to yourself a different narrative, a different story that you want to lead your life by. Um, so it is, it's a very, it's a very active thing that, that sometimes you have to participate in. And sometimes that stuff is very often that stuff, especially when, you know, we want to look at creative people and artists. Um, you know, there's this whole thing, um, this, this phenomenon, I can't remember who talks, who talked about it, who was famous for talking about this. might've been Brene Brown. It might've been Elizabeth Gilbert not sure exactly, but the creative wound, right? The creative wound where, you know, that usually happens in childhood, uh, somewhere along the line where you're doing something, uh, you know, you're painting, you're singing, you're whatever. And it's something that you're just loving to do and you're not very good at it yet. Um, but you know, you, you really, uh, you really love it. And then someone, a mentor, a parent, uh, you know, a teacher, a somebody comes along and they say some shit to you that just makes you feel fucking bad about yourself and you stop doing it. Um, you know, and this stuff kind of happens like you and I came from acting backgrounds and I know Brandon, you've personally experienced this, but you know, a, a lot of time people say that they want to, they want to be an actor, you know, they want to give a shot at being an actor. And the response is like, Oh, well, you know, like it's, you know, like that, that, that's the, the first response that you get from, you know, like a parent figure, which is like, oh, you well, you know, not very many people make it. And, uh, you know, like you've got to really make sure this and that, and there's just like, holy shit, I'm sorry. I even fucking told you, you know, like it's, and just to, to anyone out there, when someone is expressing a, a, a passion, whether it's new or not, you know, but like when someone's expressing to you a passionate that you're hearing for the first time, or even just a curiosity, something that they've got that, that a person is really excited about pursuing, do not have that reaction of, of putting, of putting trees up in a person's path, you know, like do not be that person. Yes. You know, like there's, 
yes, there's, 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 but there's risks with any path that you take. That's the thing. There's a, there's, there's, as Jim Carrey said, you know, like you can do something that you hate and still fail. <laughs> you know, yeah. that, that can still, that can still happen. Uh, so, you know, support, support people in, in pursuing those things, be there for them when they, they run into obstacles, help them creatively solve those things that happen. Because the thing is, is that, yeah, like, you know, there are sometimes certain obstacles and certain challenges that can present themselves, you know, depending on what path you, you take. Um, but not necessarily, you know, like one person's experience pursuing something isn't necessarily going to be the next person's experience pursuing something. So a lot of times, I think a lot of the times when, when we focus on all of these, uh, you know, ways that things can go wrong or whatever. Well, it's just like, yeah, those are, those could go wrong, but not, they, they won't necessarily go wrong, you know? And if they do, then you address it at the time, you figure it out at the time. But I, I think there's too many times. And, and this is something that, you know, I've, I've done a lot of work on myself in my own life is that sometimes you focus so much on all the things that can go wrong and how thing you know, things just aren't, you don't think things are good enough. You don't think that you're quite good enough that you just stop doing any, you just stop. You just don't even bother pursuing it because you're so overwhelmed. You know, you don't see the path through the trees anymore. You just see trees, you know, you just see all of this shit that you're going to run into. Um, so it's, this is just my, my, I guess my, my soapbox for today. <laughs> As far as like, don't be one of those assholes, you know, like, like help people continue to focus on the path, right? Be supportive, be supportive and be supportive by helping people focus on the path that's in front of them. That's great, man. That, that was a great soapbox. I, I loved it. And I, I think you put forward a really good message too for our audience, because undoubtedly there's probably people who are parents or will be parents or, you know, are in somehow maybe whether they know it or not, mentors or teachers or guides, you know, maybe they have younger siblings or older siblings that they're even helping, you know, who knows, but it's like you, you know, way of the artist, right. Is like, it's not just about your way. It's about encouraging that people find their way as artists, as creative beings in this world that people with, you know, that, that are, that are more than, just doing the safe thing or the thing they think they have to, you know, um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of us who have, you know, given into what we call maybe like obligation, responsibility, you know, certain things like that, that we just, we do them because we think we have to, and we just don't think there's another way for us. And so we just kind of submit to it and we say, okay, well, you know, this is maybe for other people, but not for me and all of that. Right. And, and part of way of the artists, I think part of, you know, what we're always trying to encourage is that, you know, you don't have to just submit to that. You know, you, you, you maybe have a way, you know, maybe there is a way and look, there's only a way if you believe there's a way. Because if you don't see the path between the trees, nobody can help you. But you don't have to see the path 
You just have to be willing to see the path. That's a lesson that I've learned in my life over and over and over again. When things seem impossible and I don't see a way and I don't know how I'm going to do it. And this is my thing about reaching out for help and having mentors and teachers and guides and stuff like that. Because when you get a good guide or a mentor or a teacher in your life, what they do is when you can't see the way, they help you to see the way. And then I've seen writers, uh, particularly writers, which I... Um, and I've seen other artists, but writers in particular, because I'm, this is fresh in my mind where writers are like, I can't write a script. I can't do dialogue. They have all these things they can't do. Uh, you know, I don't know how to do this or that. And then they'll learn some tricks. Sometimes I'll teach them. Sometimes they'll learn from other places, but I've seen this happen where people, they figure out how to do something and the amount that they get lit up, the, uh, the excitement that like, they have a strategy, they have a way, they have a path to actually make this happen and, and they understand it and it makes sense to them. That's so exciting for people because they, they obviously believed there, there was a way. They, they at least thought, okay, maybe there's a way. I don't know it, but maybe if this person or someone I talk to or something I look at will help me find the way, even though I don't see it. And then all of a sudden they find it, that moment is so exciting for me when somebody goes, holy shit, there's a way, there's a way through this. You know, there's a way to actually make this happen. Holy shit. This stuff is actually could be possible for me. And, you know, sometimes it's just that, that once that person finds a little bit of a path, they can actually find the rest of them path or most of the path themselves, because all they needed was a step in the right direction. And Jordan Peterson talks about this, and uh, he has a very um, emotional speech, which I really find very moving. But he talks about how people just need the littlest amount of encouragement. Just the littlest amount of encouragement can change their whole lives. And so, you know, when you're talking about this, Evan, I, you know, and people who are being kind of asses out there, like, instead of putting another tree up in that person's path, why don't you, why don't you give them that little bit of encouragement? You could be the person that they're up standing, collecting an award, thanking, you know, that could be you because you were the one that said, Hey, you know what? Maybe it is possible. Or maybe you try this, or maybe you do that. Or, you know, maybe I introduce you to this person and you could be that one that changed someone's life, you know? So, you know, and what did it cost you? What did it cost you? And think about how much value you got out of it for your life and for them. And, the movement you might've created in the world because of that, you know, um, it's, it's, uh, it is a wonderful thing. And I, I actually, it reminds me too. And I'll say one last thing about this whole topic is that sometimes I think we get too focused on ourselves. I think that's a big mistake. I think we need to actually, yeah. sometimes we need to put our attention on, okay, how could I, I don't know what I'm doing necessarily for myself right now, but how could I go out in the world and try and help someone do something? Because by doing that, it inadvertently can help you help yourself. Sometimes it's actually more often than not, I would say I find it easier to help other people than I do myself. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm sure a lot of people can relate. It's, it's weird that way. But if you go out and you just ask people like, what do you need? Is there any way that I could help you? Like, what are you trying to do? And just see if you could help them. And if you could, would you mind? Like, do you, like, I don't want anything out of it. I'm just literally, I'm trying to, I'm trying to experience my value in the world and I'm just trying to help people. And if there's anything I can do to help you, do you mind if I try and help you? What do you need? I just want to know. And I'll see if I could somehow do it. And it, honestly, 
no hidden costs. I don't need anything back. I just literally am trying to test myself in the world to see if I can actually help people. And I think by doing that, like they'll in it, no matter what, they're going to appreciate you. Like you don't have to ask for anything. You're going to be appreciated, but uh, whether they say it or not, you will be. But the thing is, is you'll begin to see your value. And I think that's a really important part in this process, you know, is that you see that you are valuable. You do matter. That was so much um, fantastic stuff, Brandon. You spurred um, it on, man. <laughs> I, I wanted to, uh, I just wanted to, to touch on something because I was like, wow, I've never, you know, I've never really thought about it in this way, but I, th it's, it's really struck me in terms of, you know, our show is way of the artist and, you know, our, our whole sort of, you know, our tagline is, you know, claim your own path, right. You know, way of the artist, what we're trying to do here really is, you know, in many ways, it's like, it's like, this is exploring the the ways in which how do we find um, and discover and follow the life that wants to be lived through us. You know what I mean? And and following it and 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 trusting it um, against you know anything else like following that that inner sort of light. But what you said that that really struck me is that you know that's that's all extremely important but part of that as well part of the way of the artist is about other people that that is that that way um of the artist is to help others do that same thing you know to encourage other people to do that same thing to to walk that the path that you're trying to walk, you know, that's not the same as yours, but it's the same in the sense that you're both, you know, that you, you share with, with these people, the same desire, the same sort of sense of searching and seeking and, and, um, will to, to continue along this kind of life um that isn't always easy to to take and that encouraging and being supportive and helping others to do that is essential it's essential to you walking your own path is by creating the environment for others to walk it as well mm. so I was just really struck by that and, and it really kind of hit me when, in, in what you were saying. So, uh, thank you for that, sir. Thank you for that. Well, you're welcome. It's, it's been a good conversation. I mean, you know, these things, they're always a little bit relevant to us. And I think what's always kind of fun about just discussing it and putting some attention on this stuff is we always come to some awarenesses ourselves by the end of these. And I find that extremely rewarding. And I think, you know, for me, um, uh, you know, for me recently is, you know, finding, finding a connection with people and realizing that I'm not alone has been such an important part of my journey in this, in this, what's that word where it's like the, this, whatever, this part of the trail, you know what I mean? Like, 
I feel like there, there was a period and I'm sure many people can relate to this. You go through these periods in life where you feel like you're alone. You're the only one walking along your path and there's just no one there. And it's just you trying to figure it out. And maybe you don't feel supported or encouraged, or maybe you just, you don't really feel connected to everybody. And I'm sure that over the last couple of years of all this craziness, you know, there's lots of people that feel that way. And so maybe it's a good time, you know, maybe it's a good time to start putting yourself back out there, reaching out, you know, maybe it's time to pick up the phone and call someone and hear their voice. And, uh, you know, instead of just being on a text message or a messenger, you know, maybe it's time to, uh, you know, take that step to connect and, you know, just get out of your own shell, you know, and, and at the end of the day, like, no matter what you think or what someone else thinks or what your opinion is or point of view is, we are all on this rock together. You know, we're all in this together. You know, we are, we are the human team, you know, and Mm -hmm. some of us, you know, some of us might be trying to sink the ship (laughs) if you want to use that analogy, but regardless, we're all in it together. You know what I mean? And um, if there's more of us working together and more of us teaming up for good and more of us trying to help each other, we got a better chance together. You know what I mean? And we don't all need to be individuals and it doesn't all need to be about feeling good either. You know, that's a, I think that's a really important thing to remember is that I think through hard times, you know, we, we can feel down, we can feel depressed, we can feel angry, sad, whatever. And, you know, that those feelings might not just go away. Um, but I think what happens is people spend a lot of time just trying to feel better and, they, they do things that are very insular and very like self-involved, like they watch TV or they, they, they do their vice alone, you know, whatever that might be. And I think it's a good time to look at how, instead of trying to just manage feelings, we start to look at like, okay, how do I rise above the feelings I'm having and actually go take action and do stuff and connect and, and just, you know, expand, Right. Because I think that's an important part of this too, is, is that we expand beyond just being in our own little bubble of, you know, aloneness. I think that's an important part of this. Yes, indeed, sir. Yes, indeed. Do you, uh, should we take a short beer break? I was thinking so. All right. All right. Well, uh, do you want to go first or? Uh, yeah, or I'll go I... first. Now, I, I, vaguely think that maybe you had this one before i don't know it might have been on the podcast but anyway uh it's called peach bod <laughs> oh yeah yeah i've had that one yeah i'm not sure if this is my first time having it or not but it's a sparkling peach ale and uh it's pretty tasty it's it's got a nice peach flavor to it oh parallel 49 brewing company by the way not an ad just something we do as a you know a thing, a tradition, but anyway, no, the, the beer, this is good. I, I always like peach beers. Um, peaches is one of my favorite flavors and this one's very smooth. The peach flavor is nice. Um, it doesn't have like really any hop at all. It's, it's, it's very like, uh, it's very clean and crisp and peachy, just peachy. <laughs> so I'm enjoying it. That's yeah, what I got for you. 
I I remember I remember drinking that one. I drank it. I had that back in the summer, um, and it's uh, I remember really enjoying it. So uh, I'm drinking Dawn Patrol uh, from Tofino Brewing Company. I haven't had anything from Tofino Brewing Company in a long time, but they're fantastic. Uh, and this uh, is a is a coffee porter Ooh. all natural unfiltered six and a half percent it's a uh it's got a it's got some kick to it and it's delicious uh it's freaking delicious it's got a lot of flavor like it is rich like when i took my first sip i was just like oh my god like it's definitely got like they put some coffee into this it's got some, it's it's got a lot going on in it, and uh, and in a good way. So, cheers to them, and good old Tofino, British Columbia, beautiful place. Uh, yeah, that's a winner. I'll drink that again. Nice, nice. All right. Well, you know, we let's wrap this baby up. Um, oh well. <laughs> How do we wrap this one up? You know, <clears throat> we covered a lot of good things. I'm I'm happy with the way this conversation goes. You know, I think uh, what's important for me on a personal level is that I walk away and I challenge myself a little bit on how I've been looking at the world. Um, you know, I think that that we need to be we need to be honest with ourselves and. I think sometimes it's humbling to recognize that, hey, wait a minute, maybe the way that I'm looking at things or maybe the way I think things work isn't actually how it works and isn't actually what's going on. And I think that having that kind of critical thought is is not only very healthy, but it actually opens up a lot more options for you as what you can do and what's possible. So I'm definitely going to kind of take that on moving forward. And I think that you know, as we go, as we go down the road here, I think the thing is, is like, I don't, without sounding cliche, I think it's really important to put my perspective on how things can work as opposed to how they won't work. And to maybe in this case, expand the way in which I look at how they can work. Like what I mean is that maybe there's like, a series of possibilities that I see possible, but maybe there's a whole bunch of other possibilities. And I'm sure there are that I don't even, that aren't even in my awareness right now, but to put faith and trust in the fact that if I reach out and ask for help and connect with people and, you know, open up to them about what I'm doing and, you know, and, and just look for the kind of people that I want in my life, you know, and, and just build and nurture that and focus on that that these possibilities that maybe aren't even in my perspective today will be tomorrow or down the road. And this is about expansiveness and people, I believe, help us expand ourselves and they open us up to realities that are beyond the bubble in which we exist. So my call to action to everyone out there is like burst your bubble, 
you know, burst mm-hmm. your bubble a little bit. Maybe uh, what's in your bubble, maybe this reality you're living in, maybe it's not the best and maybe it's time to, you know, break through it and, uh, you know, create something else and open up and, and maybe that'll be a little scary, but I think it'll be good for you. That's what I'm going to do. That's what I recommend for everyone else. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. It's very, yeah. Excellent. Uh, yeah, this has been uh, a really great conversation. Uh, I've really enjoyed it. It's been particularly relevant to me. The word was there for me this time, Brandon. Uh, but yeah, it's, 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 this has just shown me again, how, how important it is to, to be so mindful about what you're putting your attention on, because what you put your attention on, um, creates a connection with that thing. And that connection creates a, gives life to that thing. Um, so what are you giving life to through your attention and give life to the path between the trees? That's what you want to give the most amount of life to. And, and there's so many ways in, in which we may need to re-examine some of these things that we're we're putting our attention to and and call into question why do we maintain and hold on to these perspectives that do nothing but generate fear and anger and hostility like is that because that's what your life is going to become that is what you're going to give life to in 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 your life and I don't think anybody in their right mind would choose to do that. Um, yet it is something that in many ways we are choosing to do. Uh, so take that, that leap, you know, to, to choose differently because it can be so easy and tempting to, to choose to see things in such a negative way light, but it's not helping you lead a life create creatively. See a world of opportunity and see the people around you as, as being allies, as being there for you in, in some kind of way, create a world that, that will, will support you, that will, um, you know, that will support you that will that will nurture you and nourish you and when you start to see things that way and and make that a part of your vision i think you're going to find the more the world shows up to support that thank you for listening in on our conversation today We hope you found something helpful that you can carry forward with you. Head over to our website, wayoftheartist.com, for more free exclusive material and learn about the show. If you haven't already, please support us by subscribing to the show, sharing it with people you know, and keeping compassionate, creative conversation going.